I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Some one day international, uh, sometimes maligned as a format, certainly ignored of late given the uh, huge amount of T20 cricket that has been played all around the world in all the places in the southern hemisphere at this moment in time. But that victory by South Africa in this first of three one day internationals in uh, Bloemfontein and uh, Kimberley has been quite something to behold. Um, I have uh, Mickey Arthur with me, who can barely uh, believe what he has just seen. We've both written off uh, the South Africans by halfway. Uh, you are listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm Mark Butcher, and uh, as I've said, Mickey Arthur joins me to look back at this first one day international between the Proteas and England in Bloom. And South Africa coming back from uh, lightly defeat to win a thriller by 27 runs. We'll try and dissect an incredible turnaround from the host, look back at Jofra Archer's return to international cricket for the first time in 22 months and discuss a much-needed return to form for Jason Roy. We'll also get the very latest post-match reaction from the Mangrang Oval. So plenty to come over the next 20 minutes or so. You are listening to Following On. So that was uh, quite extraordinary. England uh, collapsing in quite spectacular style in a run chase in which they looked to have completely under control when the score was 151 for one. Jason Roy making a blistering century to silence uh, the doubts in his own head and doubtless those around the country. Uh, Mickey Arthur is with me. Mickey, let's let's start at the beginning then. Uh, England um, out there in South Africa, a lot of their players playing in the SAT20, all of the players really in tip-top form going into this series. It meant more to South Africa or the, the win means more to South Africa in terms of their qualification for the World Cup with England having qualified already. Um, 
when I heard Temba Bavuma at the very beginning of this match during the toss, he seemed to be a little bit downbeat as though, well, we, we haven't got a great deal of chance of, of getting anything out of this series, let alone securing our place in, in the World Cup over these next five games. That's going to have done the world of good for their confidence, isn't it? It, it certainly is. And the reason I paused it was because I was just pondering the day. And I, and I think you summed it up. We've seen an abundance of 2020 cricket, but 50 overs has still got an appeal, hasn't it? The game, the game turned and the game swayed in, in different directions through the day. South Africa were hungry. They were really hungry for that win today. And uh, you could see, you could see the exuberance in their faces. You could see the, the effort of those fast bowlers towards the back end of that innings. I think if we take the start away um, from, from, from South Africa today, particularly with the ball, after 15 overs, 20 overs or so, they were out the game. Milan and Roy were outstanding, but they found a way to win it. And sides with a lot of hunger, sides with a lot of desire, always seem to find a way. And South Africa had that today. Certainly did. 151 for one England were, and that turned into 271 all out. So 120 for nine they lost, uh, and South Africa looked down and out at points during the run chase. But boy, when that door opened, they came piling through it. Um, let's go back to the beginning of the day then. South Africa opening uh, opening up the day, winning the toss, deciding that they were going to, to set a total uh, against England, which has been fraught with danger for teams over the years. But uh, England were happy with the toss. South Africa were happy with the toss. Um, how do you think South Africa went about it with the bat? And from a, an England perspective, and we'll bring in Jared Kemba um, here as well, uh, the, the big news around the the, uh, the announcement of the teams was the fact that Joffre Archer was going to play for the first time in, in 20 months or so. So South Africa's approach with the bat Jared, I'll, I'll get some uh, some feedback from you on how Jofra went in his uh, his first stint back for England for a while. But certainly with the bat, I think South Africa would be a little bit disappointed. They started off really well. We saw a really good opening partnership. Both players that opened the batting got themselves in. I thought De Kock looked in sublime form today. I thought to his the, the way he was playing was was outstanding. He would have been disappointed to get out for 35. We saw a really good 100 from Rusty van der Dissen. I thought, I thought he played exceptionally well. The key to his 100 was he gave himself a chance. He got himself in. He was tough and tight on, his, on the basics around the first 20 balls, which, which most class batsmen do. Once he got himself in, once he got used to conditions, etc., etc., he, he then pushed on and carried their innings to get them to nearly 300, which we said was probably only just par. But South Africa's desire and hunger then with the ball. They were poor, I thought, at the start of their innings with the, with the ball, but came back exceptionally well. And their quick men, and that was started by Magala. Magala came on and he opened the door. And then Magala, Anik Noki and Rabada to a point came in and bowled with a lot of pace, with a lot of aggression, with a lot of fire. Tested England a lot with the short ball. England, were, England, a lot of dismissals with the short ball today. Now, I know that's with conditions. Bloemfontein very big, particularly square of the ground. Means you can get men back and you can use your, use your short ball to quite good effect, which South Africa did. 
that's something that, that would worry England just a little bit because they were rattled at times by the pace of Norkey. It's not, not the first time Norkey has done it to them either. I mean, he took five for against England at Chesterley Street. Similar conditions, actually, in terms of a, a huge outfield using the short ball, um, roughing up the, the, the middle and, and lower to middle order. So perhaps a, a bit of a concern there for England, but certainly no concerns in terms of South Africa's strategy in backing their um, specialist bowlers, if you like. They might leave them a tiny bit short with the bat, but the specialist bowlers justified that uh, that that team selection today. 100%, and I know we discussed the toss. I think South Africa are 100% right to win the toss and bat, particularly in Bloemfontein on that wicket. But you want to put your perceived strength under the most pressure. They're, South Africa's perceived strength, without a doubt, is their bowling. So they would feel in their dressing room and in their strategy meeting, they would feel if we can get ourselves to 300-odd, we have the bowling that can defend that. And, and it was proved right today. Um, intense disappointment um, from an England point of view, Jared. I know that doesn't bother you at all, <laughs> being uh, a proud Victorian um, of the, uh, the Australian variety. Um, however, uh, some good news, at least at the beginning of the day, when Joffre Archul was, uh, was named in the 11. How do you think he went? Well, he said he was going to bowl at about 80%, didn't he? And he bowled 88 miles an hour in his first over. So I hate to see what he is when he gets to 100%. Um, look, I think if you look at his figures, you're going to say he didn't bowl particularly well. And he certainly bowled, I would say, maybe one ball per over that got hit. So did David Willey, to be fair, as well. And so did the South African bowlers when they started off. But I don't think he bowled poorly. One thing I would say is that this was a wicket that really helped this, the guys who were bowling the cutters. And that's not his form of slow ball. Um, and if you have a look at Nokia's early figures, Nokia's ended up being the hero. But before the lights came on, Nokia was going everywhere. And I think that the faster you bowled, the faster it went. And all the way through Joffre's uh, bowling, he, he, you know, that was the situation. But he looked fit. The ball was getting through. He bowled a leg cutter at one stage that like ripped and like lifted up um, and, and took the batter by surprise how much revolutions he got on the ball. All those sorts of things I thought were very, very good. Figures-wise, probably is the biggest disappointment from Joffre Archer. I think if he bowls when the lights come on and that ball's skidding on a little bit more, um, what you might have seen is he might have gone for a few runs in his opening spell and then been hard to play later on, which is what happened to all three of the South African quicks. Nicky, after a layoff like that with, with one of your bowlers when you, when you were coaching in international cricket, would you, would you be keen to see him go again on Sunday or would you go sit this one out and come back on Wednesday? I'd probably err on the on the side of caution with him. I, I, I'd probably say let's let, let's not push you, considering he's played for for MI Cape Town um, through the 2020s. I would I would certainly consider him having having a blow and then coming back to what England would hope would be the the decider on Wednesday. Rassi van der Dusen, Jared, um, he's uh, right up there among the very best to have ever played one day international cricket. Now, uh, what is he up averaging? There. He, he is briefly the highest. Briefly the highest. He got dismissed. He's got the second highest average in the history of ODI cricket for a minimum of uh, a thousand runs. So I think he's just over seventy-one, just behind Shubman Gill. And he and he loves playing against England. He does. He. Look, I think he's just got a very organised, structured game plan. He. We know that he wasn't this good when he was younger. That step after step, he, he's taken away any of the errors. It's kind of a robotic way that he plays in some ways, um, but it really works for him. And if you have a look at him in T20 cricket and Test cricket, he gets found out a little bit. But that the, the pace of one day just seems to suit him so well. And you and I were talking off air at one stage, Butch. It's every time you watch South Africa in one day, he's just not out. He's just there all the time. I thought it was a really good innings. 
and then pairing up with him and David Miller. They were four wickets down, and we were going, well, Wayne Parnell's in next. England need one more wicket. And it took England so long to get that wicket that that's probably what cost England the game, is that they just couldn't break through. Miller makes runs, Rassi makes 100, um, and that's probably the difference between South Africa winning and because otherwise, what, what were England, none for 146 after 20-odd overs? If, that, if they were chasing 270, 260... I think England would, even with the stumble, I think England get home. But it's that extra runs that Rassi and Miller um, gave them at the end. Yep, England would have uh, loved to have had a batter go right the way to perhaps the 45th, 46th over for them. As it was, it wasn't to be. Let's hear from uh, England captain Joss Butler about how he felt about the day. Uh, Here he is with Pommy and Bangwa. Joss, tell me your assessment right now as it's quite cold, probably haven't had a chance to, to think about it, but what do you feel? Yeah, disappointed. Um, look, I think we played some excellent cricket for, for the majority of that game. Um, you know, to be in a position after that opening stand, you, you feel like you should go on and win the game. So we're obviously disappointed not to finish it off. What did you feel was par as, as a score? At halfway, how happy were you with, with 298 on the board? Yeah, pretty happy, to be honest. I think, um, you know, I think probably the wicket didn't play as well as uh, we thought it would, but it was still a very good wicket for batting. I think the, um, you know, the first 10 overs of, of uh, South Africa's batting innings you know, looked a really good pitch. So uh, to come back from there and restrict them to 298, we were very happy. The general method, when you get such a good start, do you keep going? Do you not? And I know the partnership went on for some time, but what generally do you look to do? Yeah, I think we should be keep going. Um, you know, I think um, you know, to have that conviction and commitment to, to our game and, and to keep taking it on, I think that's something that served us well for a very long time. Um, that doesn't always mean trying to hit fours and sixes, but it means imposing ourselves on the game, playing um, you know, a very positive brand of cricket, and that's what served us well. And I think we didn't quite commit uh, enough to that. Um, you know, credit to South Africa, they came back really well and, and took wickets, um, but I thought we could have um, you know, kept trying to take it on a bit and, and uh, put pressure back on them. Do you think it got more difficult, the pitch? Yeah, definitely. I think um, you know, the best time to bat looks like with the new ball. It's when it, it looked like um, it was at its best. And, and as you, know, you saw it in South Africa's batting innings, and, and there as it got a little bit older, it, it got tougher. Um, but you know, I think we should, we're disappointed still that we didn't go on to win. Well, bad luck today and all the best for the next one. Thank you. Yeah, honest assessment from England captain Josh Butler there. I think you could, you could hear that tinge of disappointment in his voice that he felt that they'd, they'd done... Uh, well enough for 75% of the games have got over the line but didn't quite uh, see it through. South Africa posting 298 then. Van der Dussen with 111 from 117 and David Miller um, adding a bit of sauce at the very end with 53 from 56. Got them to that 298. And then of course comes uh, the, the main part of the game I suppose, England's run chase. They get off to an absolute flyer. New opening partnership of uh, Milan and uh, the under-fire, under-pressure Jason Roy, and they basically uh, tore the much-vaunted South African pace attack apart at the, at the opening. Um, be very shocked, people that turned off perhaps at 150 for, for one, that, that the result is as it is. But let's, let's start with that opening partnership, and let's start with Jason Roy. Yeah, he came in, we, we talked about him in, in the preparation, didn't we, saying you know, he's not playing pace bowling as well as he used to, Hasn't played a one-day game for Surrey since the last World Cup. You know, uh, plays a little bit for England every now and again. But even in T20 cricket, we can see there'd been a little bit of slippage. He looked just so sharp with his feet. You know, having seen him for a while, 
hands sort of going across like a curtain rail at times, not coming down the wicket, you know, as, as strong. Everything looked great, even against left-arm seam, which he's not as good at. He played Wayne Parnell beautifully early on. And Dawid Milan does what Dawid Milan does. We, we got an angry tweet at one stage, someone going, another flat pitch and Dawid Milan stat padding again. Well, I tell you what, they would have liked him to stat pad a little bit longer, I think, in this particular one. Um, you know, I mean, he, he was the perfect guy to get that that home. And it does show you how, I do, I do think, to be fair to the England openers, and but, Butler said it there, so much easier to bat with the newish ball. And then it was, I think it was probably the hardest to bat under the, uh, with the old ball under lights. But even so, uh, from that start, it <laughs> shouldn't have ended up there, Butch. Exactly what we spoke about, uh, Rassi van der Dissen. I thought Jason Roy was outstanding in terms of his commitment to his defence. He, tr- he seemed to trust his defence again, which he, he hasn't for a period of time. I thought he hit the ball a lot later, and I thought he wasn't as frantic at the crease. And it's amazing when you, when, you, when you give yourself a chance to get in. And unfortunately, you play a, an abundance of 2020 cricket where you, where you don't give yourself that chance. His tempo for one-day cricket today was spot on, which it hasn't been for a long period of time. He played exceptionally well. I thought he was crisp, but feet movement outstanding. Execution of shots, excellent. Balance good. He just looked the genuine, genuine deal again today. Yeah, great uh, return to form from uh, Jason Roy. Perhaps uh, perhaps without that 100 today, people might have been questioning his worth at the top of the order in the side um, at all, let alone in this series. 113 from 91 for Jason Roy, and he did look very much back to his very, very best. Right, we've heard from the England captain, Joss Butler. Now let's hear from Temba Bavuma, once again with Pommy. Changed very quickly, didn't it? It did change quickly, um... I think the man of the match here, yeah, I think that's where the game kind of changed for us. Um, he came in there in the middle, got the ball to tail, um, got a couple of wickets and really, you know, I made things difficult for them. Um, he got us some momentum. I think the guys after him, you know, really rode that momentum well. 298, what you thought at halfway and what you thought when that partnership, first wicket partnership was going. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, Pom, um, after I went out, um, after Quinny went out as well, I thought it was a good wicket. Um, I was thinking of in excess of 300. Um, obviously, you know, Rassi, David, they summed it up a bit differently. Um, wicket got a bit slower. Um, ball got a bit soft as well. Um, they also bowled a bit well, which they felt that they couldn't really get going. So at the end, you know, we, were game, we got 300. Um, still felt that we were a little bit below par, but at the end, I guess it was enough. And in trying to arrange which way you'd go, how you'd go, trying to find some sort of breakthrough as that partnership um, was going on, tell me what was going through your mind. Uh, I think you've got to keep staying in the game. Um, I think the way their partnership started, you know, similar to ours in terms of, you know, the ball was coming on. They played, they played well and um, they did it for a longer period than Quinny and myself did. Um, I think at, those, at, at that point, you've got you to gotta still have confidence. In, in your bowlers, um, a guy like Makala, they haven't really seen much of him, so he's always going to be of a threat. Um, wasn't expecting him to do that, but I was expecting one of the bowlers at least to to do something special for us. It wasn't just one, was it? Um, Sisanda as well as KG at the back and also Anrich and then um, to finish it off, Shama. Yeah, everyone played their part um, in, some, in, some, in some part of the game. Um, 
KG obviously didn't start too well, but then the way he came up um, made it up for us. Um, same as Andrich as well, you know. But then again, Andrich he showed his showed his quality, um, showed his raw pace, you know, which is obviously a big advantage for him. Um, obviously, a guy like Sander they spoke about Pony as well. You know, he also played his role. Um, and then Shamsi obviously there at the end, you know, not having a good day, but um, coming in and cleaning it up for us. What do you say in there to ensure you come back and go again and do better next time? I think, Pom, like I said in the in the presser, um, we're trying to shift our focus a lot from just the result, but it's more about how we want to go about our cricket. I think the conversation that we're going to have is, are we happy about the way we went about um, our business, especially with the bat? And if we're happy, then I'm happy. If not, then we'll have the conversations. Obviously, we'll take the win. <laughs> we need it. We need the points. Um, but I think that's that's going to be the large focus for us. So we're happy with the way we went about our business. Well done today. All the best for the next one. Thank you, Bobby. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Well, man of the match there was uh, a man that Temba Bavuma mentioned in dispatches, and that was uh, Sasanda Magala. His three for 46 really turned the match on his head. He's had his issues with um, with weight and uh, missing out on fitness tests, and he, he's a big man, but he's got a lot of talent, a really strong wrist that uh, shook up one or two of the England players with a short ball. Uh, here he is with Tommy and Bangra. Tell me how happy you are with that. Uh, very happy considering the position we were in. Um, they had a great start and we sort of like, you know, the game is going uh, one direction. So to pull off um, that type of win was really good for us. You kind of hung around as Temba rung the changes before you came into the attack. Was there constant chit-chat or was it a case of you standing there and watching and, and waiting for your chance? Um, it was a bit of both. But I understood he was trying to read out and suss out the situation, so find where he can fit me um, at a specific time and see what happens, you know what I mean? So, But that was communicated earlier on, so I was 
I was happy. And in terms of what plans you had in, in watching what went before and generally the fact that you operate with the new ball most times and having to come in later? Uh, yeah, I was like the first change. <laughs> but um, it is what it is. Um, that's what the game, the situation needed at that time. So I'm chilled. Talk about your game plan. My game plan in the middle. Um, just bowl as straight as possible and hit the length and, yeah, few change up. I, I try and keep as simple as possible to be honest with you and read the situation. Today seemed to be about bounces though. Um, yeah, um, some of the guys who batted um, first innings were saying the bouncer was a little bit too paced. Some will get up, some will keep a little bit low. So we try to use as many as we can to use that steepness and um, it worked out for us today. So, yeah. yeah what ball today? It must please you greatly. I'm sure it does. Um, yeah, I'm right, yeah, but um, it's time for rest now. <laughs> it's time for rest now. Thank you. Well played today and all the best with the rest. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Uh, the big man needs his rest and he bowled uh, quite magnificently and uh, who can say that he doesn't deserve uh, a bit of a lie-in perhaps tomorrow. Mickey Arthur um, with a big grin on his face. That's exactly the sort of start this series needed, isn't it? I think South Africa being 1-0 up, England will now have to, to, to perhaps ring, maybe ring one or two changes in the batting order. They've said that all 14 members of their squad are going to get a game here. These matches are not as important for England as they are for South Africa. But South Africa might now just believe that they can get their noses in front and give themselves a real chance of qualifying for the, for the World Cup proper. Of course, they've only got four games left now and they probably need to win three, if not all four of them, to qualify. Yeah, they do. So there is a sub, a, a little nice subplot in 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 the way the series is going to unfold. I think I think this will certainly rouse England just a little bit. I, I don't think they'll, they'll be happy with today. We heard Josh Butler say they should have got over the line, and they should have. Was their execution in the second half of the game with both bat and ball was it was it good enough? Probably probably not. Game management. I mean, there were times that Rabada getting a wicket with his very final ball, England not being able to see out the main threat. You know, all of those ty- types of game winner the game situations that England fell away on under pressure at the back end. A hundred percent, exactly right. We we spoke about some of the bowlers exiting their over. A lot of sixth balls went for four today. Went for boundaries. Those are all skills that they won't be happy with, and disciplines rather that they won't be happy with. So. Let's not forget, England won the won the won the World Cup in the 2020 format lot, uh, last last year or this year. Every everything Just merges, last year, yeah. everything merges into into one these days. But but um, their form through the English summer in 50 over cricket hasn't been flash of late. So they've they've got a little a little bit of thinking to do. They've got to go back to the drawing board, assess how they want to play their game assess their game plans, assess their strategies, assess their brand, and then and then move on from there. Yeah, they haven't got a lot of time to do it. And um, notoriously, and particularly going into that T20 World Cup, were kind of um, making, up, making it up seemingly as they went along, and then it, it came all right on the night. They won't be phased, they won't be panicked, they are double world champions after all, but they will have to do their thinking and their plotting quickly because... 
A reminder for you that we'll be back for the second One Day International from Bloemfontein once again on Sunday morning. Different start time this time. It's a day game, so we will be on air at 7.30 a.m. UK time ahead of the first ball at 8 in the morning. We'll bring you another following on podcast tomorrow as Neil Manthorpe returns to get more from the England camp. But from all of us here on TalkSport 2, it's a goodbye to you all. Parnell is on his way for the third ball in, left arm over, all swinging back into Jason Roy, but he swings on to the middle of the bat and he's punched through wide mid on for four. Jason Roy is away. Rabada round the wicket, clipped in the air, over mid wickets by Milan, and it's 4.4 this over from Rabada. As Rabada's going to bowl to Jason Roy. Oh, he's clipped that one down to long leg for four. He timed that so well. Josh Butler and the rest of the England team have their hands above their heads in applause because Jason Roy has made his 22nd 50 in one day international cricket. Oh, he's got an absolute full toss of a pie. One bounce for backward of square. David Milan goes to another 50. 51 not out from 49 delivery. Jamsi's going to bowl left arm around. And Jason Roy smashes it back over his head for a nine. That's more than six. Clean as a whistle. He just stood there and launched all the way for six. 142 without loss. Right arm over the goal. He's gone short. Milan's got underneath it. He's dropped his head because it goes straight to the boomer and mid off. Who takes the catch? South Africa have their breakthrough and they could celebrate a second wicket because Duckett has nicked off against Norkia. Never really looked set at any stage in the five balls that he's faced. He uh, wafted at that one, edges it through. He gets taken on the pad from Magala. Magala, the bowler, likes it. Fingers gone up from Erasmus. What a huge wicket. Harry Brook, a three-ball duck. And Jason Roy reaches three figures. And in quick time... Harder in, short to Jason Roy, who pumps it out towards back and square leg, but that is taken. Norkir, that's the next, that is Butler! Caught behind! Norkir has his second. Now then, it is game on. Norkir's in again, he's short, lenient, and he's been caught at points! Straight has shipped up to the bowler and it's gone straight back to Shamsi. They have pulled off a heist in Bloemfontein. They have beaten England. They've taken the 10th wicket and they have won the first ODI, beating England by 27 runs. of the first ODI live and exclusively from Bloemfontein only on TalkSport 2 the following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism and this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan with eight matches from the ICC men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer including the final 
You can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.